Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. You guys can turn the lights up. Praise the Lord. Mm, hallelujah. Praise God. I thank God. I want to let you guys know this. I just feel compelled, and I'm just going to let you guys know is that we like structure at our church. We like to start on time. We have things and we do things that God likes order. He's a God of order. Amen. Amen. But he also allows time for us to get out of the way on our order so that he can bring some order into the church. And sometimes we have to get off of the schedule and to get on God's schedule. So this is the kind of church that you belong to or that you're visiting today. But I also believe this, too, is there's something that's above our programs, and that's the word of God. Amen. Sometimes we do have a holy moment, and they say that the pastor can't preach, but we literally believe in the word of God. And it has to be spoken. That's called prophesying for some of you guys that don't know. To prophesy is to speak God's word, not to do a fortune telling. But if I read a scripture and if I say in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You guys know the scripture. As I just said, that's called prophesying. We made it into magic. You guys hear me? Start reading your Bible. I know today I'm dressed like Harry Potter, but... Yes, yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I just want to give a couple of announcements real quick. Are you guys getting ready for Christmas? Yes. Nobody? It looked like two people. It's all right. You got a little bit of time. I just want to let you guys know once again, you guys heard, we are doing the Christmas toy drive again this year. Praise God. I just want to let everybody know that we've done this for, I think, over 10 years, maybe a little bit longer than that. And this year, we are doing something a little bit different. We're partnering with Eleven, which is an after-school program that's right here in Susun, right by you guys. I have to use this. You guys know where the maze is? Nobody knows. Unless you're from Susun, you don't know about the maze. We grew up in Susun, Cherry Street, back in the days, 1972. Y'all don't even know. Come on. Yes, yes. We, we remember, right? Is that right, Mom? You remember Cherry Street back in the day, okay? It was hood then, and it's hood now, but it's all good in the hood. But we praise God for teaming up with Eleven. We're doing something a little bit different this year. Um, and I, can I just be honest with you guys, okay? And I'm going to be, even though I said that. I'm just going to be honest with you. As a pastor, 
I love to do what the word says in which give out charity. I love charity. Charity is love. Amen. But what I've noticed is, is that years that we do this, so many people are getting blessed. And at the end of going out and doing charity, we aren't seeing any return. Okay, I'm just being honest. For a lot of people, it's like, look, you got to sow. If you sow, you should reap. I'm talking about God's word. Man that soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. But what's happened is we've given, we've given, we've given. What we notice is we're not getting a return for our love and generosity. So I said, God, what does this mean? I started sitting there. I was thinking about in Matthew chapter 4 when God says, I will make you fishers of men. Right? Now what the word says. I just gave you where it's at. It's Matthew chapter 4, 19. That's what he said. And then I started thinking about, you know, I can go out to the marina and I see people out there fishing. You guys know what fishing is? If any, anybody here fish, yeah. do you fish? Do you put bait on the hook? Yeah. Right. Because you're trying to catch something. So you, some, you throw something out in the water and you wait. But you got to throw something out there that the fish like. So that you can catch the fish, and when you put them on the hook, you pull real quick. Because sometimes they'll grab the food, and if you don't pull, I'm preaching, you guys. You, when you pull, which is kind of the word is compel, you compel them, and once you hook, get them on the once you get them on the hook, watch this, you reel them in from out of the water, which is the world. You bring them out, and you bring it out. Watch this. And you, you don't keep the fish for yourself. You hand it over to the master, the captain, because he's the one that does the cleaning. I'm, you guys don't understand that. Maybe you, maybe you don't understand fishing. Maybe you do your fishing at Safeway. I get it. It says fishers of men. But this is what we've been doing as a church. Listen to me, please. What we end up doing is we come out and we have a whole bunch of bait and we throw the, 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 the bait into the water and we sit back and we go, look what we just did. And the fish are grateful for it. But then after they're done eating, there's no, they're still out there. That's what's happened. The God begins to show me, he says, listen, if you're going to compel them to come in, you got to be a little bit more intentional. Sometimes we go out into the world, and, everybody, and this is what the church says, but we need to bring them in. We need to go out there and bring them into the church. Well, can't, you know what we need to do as a church is make the church look, com, uh, is, a, is to compel, excuse me, what's the word I'm looking for? Appealing. Thank you. Holy Spirit would just tell me. We need to be more appealing to let people come into the church. Instead of going out and just giving out toxic charity, don't cast your pearl before swine. You guys know the scripture? Don't cast your pearl before swine because if you do, they will stamp on it and then they'll come back at you. So what we're going to do is we're inviting people in. Not just to hear, not for us just to give stuff to people because we're still going to give toys. We're still going to give love, but this is what we're really going to do. We're going to bring them in from the world. We're going to bring them into the boat, into the ark because the ark is a boat. And we're going to bring them in. We're going to let Jesus clean them up. We will give them the gospel, not Santa Claus. All right? Maybe you can agree with it. Maybe you don't. But I stand on the word. 
And that's what we're going to do this year for the church. So what I'm saying is we need your help. We need your generosity. We still need you guys to give because we want to make this big. I just don't want people to come in. I want, to, I want them to see that the love of God is going to be shown through us, through the Building Christian Fellowship. So just keep that in mind as you guys are giving. Praise God. Put that out there. Amen. 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 Next thing. Next year, we're coming up with 21 days of fasting. You guys excited about that? Woo! Woo! Come on now. I, you got, I, I, as a pastor, 15 years, I hear people talking about, woo, yeah, yeah. Then we do the sign-ups, and we're struggling to find somebody to, to fast for a week, let alone two days. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to turn this around this year. Every year, this is what we do. Everybody, we sit down and we think about the year. And he says, man, I'm going to fast for 21 days so I can hear what the Lord is saying to me. I, want, I need direction. I want to hear from God about my life and the decisions I'm going to make for this next year. Isn't that what we usually do? Well, this year, I want to do something different. I want you to fast and pray for somebody else. Ooh. That's, that's the most selfless thing you could do in your life. It's not about you. It's about your brother, your sister, your friend. There's people that need delivering. Why don't you fast for them? And that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to fast. We're still going to fast, but I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to pray for myself. I'm going to pray for other people that I know. I'm going to get a prayer list, and I'm going to fast for these people. And guess what? Maybe I'm praying for somebody, and I may, I may never tell you because I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in secret. And when I do that... Maybe one of you guys might be praying for me. So that way we keep each other covered instead of keeping ourselves covered. Amen. Amen. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I know I only got so much time. But if you guys help me out and be in the amen corner today. Yes. That'll help me. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our church already knows. They guys know that, that, that they don't believe, if they don't agree with what I say, they don't say amen. <laughs> Praise God. So we're going to go on with the, the rest of our uh, sermon for today. So today is week two. If for me, it's two, week two of our three-week sermon series called Thirsty. Thirsty. Some of y'all are familiar with what thirsty means. And I'm not talking about the kind of thirst that you get on Monday night before the football game. Some of that. Just maybe they don't get it today. Maybe I'm, yeah. Well, I'm talking about the kind of thirst that will cause the tongue to stick to your roof of your mouth. Like at, after, you know, you're running around, you're doing stuff, and you're like, man, I need some water. I, I'm not talking about that kind of thirst. I'm, I'm talking about the kind of thirst that we, we desire for God. Somebody say thirsty. thirsty. Yeah, you're thirsty. You will discover that there are three main reasons why people become thirsty in their lives. We thirst when we long to feel loved. We thirst when we long to be content or happy. And we thirst when we are desperately searching for the meaning of significance. So this week's message is this. Thirsty to be content. Or thirsty to be happy. How many people want to be happy? Let's just be honest. I, I want to be happy. 
Some people, I want to be happy in life. I want to be happy in my marriage. I want to be happy in my relationships. It's a, a reasonable question and a reasonable desire to have happiness. But before we start, I need you to know that the word content and content are spelled the same. But if you enunciate them correctly, they have two separate meanings. Content, content. Content, content. A content is what's in something. The contents of a vessel. Content is the state of being okay. I'm all right. I'm satisfied. Now let's read our scripture, John 7, 37 through 39. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, as we see God loves to, loves to use water to describe himself. We all know that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's, he's in us. He's around us. He's God. He's everywhere. And at the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1 through 9, we see that water covered the face of the earth, and God caused the land to come out of the water. God to this day is everywhere just like water. We talked about this the last time that we talked, or two weeks ago, when I said that, listen, 70% of the, worst, wor the world's surface is water. It's water. But I need you guys to know something. You can't drink all that water. Only 3% of the water on earth is drinkable, even though there's water everywhere. But there's, there's a reason because some of us sometimes, we want to run around and we look for water to drink, but there's some water we shouldn't be drinking. For instance, if you walk around here and you go to the marina, there's a lot of water out there. But if you're thirsty, you better drink, not drink it. Some of you guys got a swimming pool in the backyard. Great for bathing in and walking, you know, feeling good. But you better not drink that water. We talked about my wife and I used to love this, this show called uh, Naked and Afraid. And people would be out in the, in, the, in, the, in the deserts, in the wilderness, doing whatever, and they could find food, no problem. They could find a lot of food, but the problem that they would have was finding, no, palatable water. They had water. Every, some of them were right in front of the ocean, but they couldn't drink that water. But when somebody gets so thirsty, sometimes they'll lower their standards to drink. Because of their thirst. Now, God to this day, to this day, he's just like water. Now, he may be easier to find in some places than others, but he's there. God's everywhere. Some of you guys might have been in prison and all the crazy stuff you've seen. God's still there. I walked in places in San Francisco that I'm like, God is nowhere in this place. But he's still there. If you look in the mountains, God is there. And so is water. And I know you think, you're thinking right now, well, there's no water in the desert. 
I beg to differ. There is water in the desert. It's just hard to find. There's a lot of people that die looking for water. Psalms 139 and 8 says this. If I ascend into the heavens, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. So what God is saying is I'm everywhere. Sometimes you just got to look for him or know how to look for him. Hell sounds like a dry place to me. But God was there. Mm. Now, when we're in those desert-like situations, we have to develop a real thirst for God. Not a thirst for man, not a thirst for money, but a thirst for more Jesus Christ. Now, here's a story that I want to tell you. It's about a young student that, that went to his pastor as kind of like a teacher, and he walked up to him, and he said, listen, um, I need to know how can I truly find God? And the master looked at him, and the teacher says, okay, not a problem. Follow me. So he followed them. They went through the, the, the outskirts of the town, and then they went through a little uh, village, a little uh, place where there was no houses or anything like that, and then they get to a stream. And he walks out into the water with the young man, and he stands there, and they get to about waist high in the water, and he looks at him. He says, okay, young man, this is what I need you to do. I need you to dunk yourself. And the young man's thinking, oh, he's going to baptize me. Maybe I'm going to understand once I get baptized. So when the student went ahead and dunked under the water, he was getting ready to come back up, and the teacher grabbed him and held him underneath the water, held him down. The student started flailing and, and doing all this stuff, and he held him there for a long time till the student almost stopped breathing. And then he pulled him back up, and he sat there. And he, said, <sighs> he said, listen. The moment, he says, you know how you felt just now when you were in there looking for air up underneath the water? Remember how that felt? He says, yes, I, I, I remember that. He says, when you desire God the same level you just desire to breathe, then you will surely find God. Sometimes we got to be desperate. When life wants to hold you down and you're looking for a breath and you can't find it, you got to get desperate to find God. Somebody say thirsty. Now, as I said earlier, some of us are thirsty to be content. I just want to be happy, Pastor. I just want my marriage to be, I want to be happy in my marriage. I want to be happy at my job. I just want to be happy with my relationships. How many times have you heard yourself say this over the years? I just want to be happy. How many times have you found yourself feeling unhappy, wondering why and what you can do to turn situations around in your life? You do all kinds of things in your life to make other people feel better so that you can feel better. Hear what I'm saying. So many times we exhaust ourselves to make other people feel happy. So when they're happy, then we'll be happy. But at the end of the day, you still feel feeling unhappy. There's a word that the Bible uses 
for happiness, and that word is content. And content is the state of happiness or satisfaction no matter the situation you find yourself in. 1 Timothy 6 and 6 says this, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Great gain. This is the problem, saints. We are trying to find our contentment and our happiness in people instead of finding our happiness with godliness in the great gain. Your husband isn't going to make you happy. Your wife ain't going to make you happy. Your job isn't going to make you happy. I find my happiness or my contentment in Christ alone. Notice I said godliness with contentment is great gain. There is no great gain unless you have both. Godliness and content. Without content, you have discontent. You're unhappy, unsatisfied, upset, depressed, disagreeable, dissatisfied. That was, that was, three, that was like three Ds, y'all. You guys remember when David said this in Psalms 23? Listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Most people are like, why would you say the Lord is my shepherd? I don't want the Lord as my shepherd. No, what he's saying is I shall never be in the state of want because the Lord is my shepherd. He guides me. He leads me. That's what he went to say. He lies me. He brings me into the pastures and the still waters. You could, you could get that. He says, I am never, or I, I am content with my Lord because I'm never in the state of want. How many people are in debt right now? God bless you. Because I can turn around and look, and I already know there's probably at least 90-something percent of people in church today are in debt. We are searching for tomorrow's promises because we want them today. Visa. MasterCard, come on, y'all, because you want happiness right now. So we guess what happens? We want everything before we can get it. We want it tomorrow's blessings today. And then when we get it, next day, we're like, man, I already got that. It's behind me, and we get unhappy. You were cool with the nice car, but then you go, no, I want the Tesla, type S. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not content with my apartment. I need a house. Not just a regular house. I want to be over at Rancho Solano with a real backyard. We're not content. Listen to what I'm telling you. Do you know the scripture says this? Give thanks in all things. For that is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. But we stop giving thanks because we're discontent with what we have. Mm. Then you become in a state of want. God has called us to him to fill our thirst. I forget the old commercial that said, obey your thirst. Sprite, you guys remember that? Obey your thirst. You guys start running around looking for bottles of the Sprite. Sprite, the Uncola. 
Y'all don't remember that? But it's telling you obey your thirst. Some of us are trying to obey our thirst. When God says, I'm the one that's going to give you the, 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 the nourishment, he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Obey your thirst for me. Ah. But some of us want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I want to be happy. I just, I just want to be happy in my marriage. I just, some of us, even now, because I, I named husbands, wives, I named, but what about singles? I just want to be happy. But there's times that we, we're not even content with, be, with ourselves. And we settle. We go from relationship to relationship to relationship, heartbroken, and heartbroken, and all this stuff because we're not content with who we are and we're trying to find our happiness in a person, but the person that you are trying to get happy with is Christ. He said, come to me, all those that thirst. And then, this will happen. Then, if you come to me and you drink from this well, then guess what's going to come out of you? Living water will come out of your belly. <laughs> come on, you guys. I'm just trying. I'm, just, I'm not trying to get on your guys' case. I want you guys to be content. John 7 and 37 it says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Unfortunately, when we thirst for happiness, we don't run to the well that never runs dry. And here are five wells that we drink from to cause us to have a thirst to be content. Number one, it's the well of people-pleasing. Proverbs 29 and 25 says this, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. There are people that thirst for attention and accolades of man, and when you care more about what people think about you than what God says about you, you are a people pleaser. You will never be happy. When people become your God, there is no way possible that you can please all of them. And when you find the happiness in pleasing others, you're going to be disappointed every time. I, I, I don't know how much to even say this. I don't, I don't know how to explain this to you. But see, this is what happens now. Social media is great. Amen? Some of us like to be on social media. We get all these other things. But this is what ends up happening. What's the number one thing people want to be when they're on social media? An influencer. We take pictures. We want to say the right things. We want to say memes. We want to do all these things because we want to please other people. We want to bring people to our attention, and you want to give them your attention because we want to please them. And guess what? When you don't get likes, watch this. Safe selfies, I did, it, I did it the other week. Your selfies used to be like just like this. They were just face safe selfies. That's not enough tension. Then we get the waist up selfies. If that ain't enough, you start propping the pictures up. You're laughing, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to tell you, say something. It went from just showing your face to showing your body. Then the cleavage gets a little bit lower. And why are you showing me this part? 
people pleasing. I said this the other two weeks ago. And I know my son told me the other week, he says, Dad, you need to talk about the guys too, because the guys be doing it too. Huh? I already know. I, they sit there and do the same thing. It's like, who wears a spaghetti string t-shirt? It's not, it, it is 40 degrees outside. And you're taking pictures, you got oil all over your body. For what? Lifting their shirt up like looking at my ass like, yeah, worked out really good today. Thirsty. Because you want people to see you. But when nobody gives you all those likes, you'll do whatever it takes. People become your God. There's another reason why we continue to thirst to be content. And it's because we drink from the well of thinking bad about ourselves and thinking bad about others. Genesis 1:26 says this, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. You know I'm about to go there. God said, let, let us. We're talking about God, the Godhead. He said, let us make man in our own image. When God made you, he didn't make any mistakes. And if for some reason you feel like you're one gender and you want to become another gender, what you're really saying is, is that God made a mistake about how he brought me to earth. I don't care what everybody thinks and all that other stuff. I know that my God made me, fearfully and wonderfully made me. How marvelous are thy works. Yes, you might have some issues that need tissues. Yes, things may have happened. I understand that. But God made me the way that I am. Whether I'm big or I'm skinny, whether I'm tall or I'm short, bald head, no beard, God made me this way. And I'm perfect. I'm perfect because God made me. But what we end up starting doing is comparing ourselves with other people. I sit down, I look at, at, at my nephew, Donald, and I look at his beard. Y'all pray for me, pray for me. I've always wanted a beard, but I can't be so jealous of Donald that I start hating on him because of it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of y'all want to sit down and talk about why are people, uh, uh, why don't they do it this way? Why don't they do it this way? No, because what? You, you guys turn around and you start thinking bad about yourself. So what you want to do is change who you are and your self-image to be somebody else. You got to understand what God's done when he made you. Every one of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes, I talked about this. We could talk about homosexuality and all this other stuff, but I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just talking about God made me like this, a man. He made a man and a woman. Man, you guys know what a man is. There's young people in here. What a man is and what a woman is. If you sit down and try to say that you are something else, that whether they, rather, if you try to make yourself something that God didn't make you, then it's a mockery of God. 
yes, it's another time. This is another chance that we could sit down and talk about this. Well, well Pastor, I, want, I would love to have that conversation with you. Bring your Bible with you, please, though. Because I will not tell you my personal preference of how this, I will show you what the word says. We know that the standard is God's word. Psalms 39 uh, and 14, it says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How marvelous are your works and that my soul, my emotions, my feelings know it well. Come on. Here's another way that we continue to thirst, to be content, as we drink from the well of giving up on your dreams too soon. Jeremiah 29. You guys ready to know this one? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Life is way too short for you to settle. Your dreams matter because God gave you those dreams. Following the nudges of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? You'll never regret anything that the Lord is showing you. There's people in here today that sit back and they look and think about all the stuff in your life. Life is just too short, saints of God, too short for you to settle where you're at. Keep pushing. Keep going. Don't give up on the dreams that God gave you. But you got to make sure they're not your dreams. God will give you a dream and a vision, and you follow after that dream. So many people, they, they do all these, these, these things for themselves. It's like, I got a dream because I want to be a singer. Did God give you that dream, or did you give that dream to yourself? So we start running after these dreams, and when you start running after all these dreams, we end up being discontent, unhappy. I wish I was supposed to do that. I, I wanted to make it to the NFL. I wanted, to, I wanted to make it into the NBA, and I was like, yeah, I get it, but you're five foot seven. I don't think God made you. Number four, another well that we run to is the well of your past. Philippians 3 and 13 says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things are which ahead. Stop wasting your time thinking about what you had and how it was before. Leave it in the past. I've told this story, and I'm going to tell it again. Tell it. I have this friend. And every time, I usually see him about every five, six years. And every five or six years, he comes to me. Watch this. And he tells me the same story over and over again. Hey, Butch, man, remember back in 1982 when we was out there in the pe football peewee league and we won the championship and this and that? And I look at him, I'm like, dude, you're still living in 82. It's 2023. Tell me something that's going on. Stop living in your past. I'm sure there's much more things you could talk about. You guys know friends like that. It's funny because we get around. I, I, as a pastor, I hear people telling me about, oh, I remember back in the day, you know, when I, I was a little bit buffer and, you know, I used to bench 365 pounds. Man, I was looking pretty good. I used to, you know, do moves and stuff like that. I could, it's like, okay. I get it, 
But why is everything in your life about what happened two years ago? Stop thinking about those things which are behind you and start thinking about what God has for you, the future that God has for you. Let those things go. Stop wasting your time thinking about what you had and how it was before. When we, when we concentrate on your yesterday, you can't live today and plan for your, for your future. You know, everybody says that if, if you keep thinking about your past, you're depressed. Right? And then anxiety is because you're thinking about your future. But God says he's given you a present in the present. It's a present in the presence. The presence of his presence. That, yeah, that was bars. John, help me out with that. I need to write a song. Who... <laughs> We got to think about today. Yes, we can plan for the future. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we have to sit down and realize today is a gift. And we need to think about that today. Look, all those things that happened behind me, the heart transplant, all the stuff, the strokes, all that stuff, literally, yeah, it's a testimony, but I got greater things ahead of me. But I need to live for things today. Yes, I've been hurt in the past. Yes, I had heartbreaks. Yes, I had broken relationships. But if I'm thinking about that, I can't focus on what I have today. I have a beautiful wife, a beautiful family. Stop bringing all that stuff into today. We can appreciate the good we get when we get more of God. Now, in my closing, the last well that we drink from that leaves us thirsting to be content is the well of comparison. 2 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who com commend themselves, <laughs> but they measuring themselves by themselves mm -hmm. and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. When you compare what you have done or what you are going to do with what others are doing or what they have done, then you'll never fulfill or recognize your own accomplishments, making you feel like all your hard work was for nothing. Why do we compare ourselves to other people's success? There's some people in here that got rich really fast. So we try to follow their model. But you got this dream. And I'll just, let, let me share this with you. As a pastor, God's given me a dream. And I got to follow the road and the path that he has for me because it's for me. But sometimes what we do sometimes, saints, we want to get into other people's lane and drive the way that they're driving. You guys know during, during rush hour traffic, you see people getting past you and you get all upset, so you get in that lane because the person in front of you or whatever, it's moving too slow. You see, they're going faster. I want to go fast like them. And then you put your blinker on and you leave the lane that you're supposed to be on and you try to rush after somebody else. And eventually what ends up happening, you're going to end up missing your exit because you're trying to follow after somebody else. God is the one that has established your plans. 
however they get, if they get rich quick or they get rich years from now. Follow after what God is showing for you. What God has for you is for you. He decides. God decides how far, how fast, and how long you're going to get there. It's up to him. But if we keep following after other people because we're looking for these different wells to, 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 to satisfy our thirst, when God said, come to me, come to me, stop comparing yourselves with other people. Stop finding your, your, your happiness in, 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 in a husband or a wife or your job. He said, come to me. When you're thirsty, come to me so that you'll never thirst again. I love my wife, but my, happy, my happiness and my contentment isn't contingent upon her. She's on different seasons and I'm on different seasons. But if I keep worrying after what she does or what she's doing and I'm, my happiness is dependent upon how she acts, then I'm going to be thirsty. In the, in the book of John, in the book of John, 21, Jesus gave Peter a prophetic pro pro projection of how the apostle Peter was going to glorify God in his death. Then Peter turned and looked at John and said this. And it's funny because I think at this point when, when Jesus said a few things to, to uh, Peter that Peter got a little jealous because he's looking at John and he's like, well, wait, what you mean? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die? What about this dude? So it goes to verse 21, it says this, in 21 and 18, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk uh, wherever you wanted. And when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. It's Jesus telling, talking to Peter. Everybody reads that scripture and they're like, oh, when you're old, people are going to help. Or when you're young, people are going to dress you. When you get older, we're just going to help you. No, what Jesus was telling him is, you're going to die a bad death. Almost the same death that I did, a crucifixion. And as you guys know, people say this. We don't know if this is true, but they said that Peter, the apostle Peter, was crucified upside down. But then Peter... Oh, I forgot this. And then he said this by what death he was going to glorify God. And he says, and then saying this, he said to him, listen, it doesn't matter. Follow me. Then Peter turned and saw the disciples from whom Jesus loved, John, following them. To the one who had also leaned back on him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is that that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said this to, to Jesus. What about this guy? You just told me that I was the one that's going to die. You told me about what I'm going to do, how I'm going to glorify you. What about John? Do you see that Peter was trying to compare himself with John? He had, there, there was jealousy in his heart. I can see him thinking this. I'm going to be crucified, but what about John, little John, the one that, whom Jesus loved? And I like what Jesus said in his answer. Jesus said this to him. He says, if it's my will that he remains until I come, what is it to you? What is it to you? 
just follow me. Stop comparing yourselves with yourself and others and worry about following Christ. That's what he's trying to tell us all. Stop sitting there looking to the, the left and to the right. Look and towards, towards the hills which come with your help. The help comes from the Lord. Jesus Christ is the one that you are thirsting for. Don't worry about it. Stay in your lane. In other words, don't compare your ending to anybody else's ending. Be concerned about following Jesus Christ. If you're thirsty for happiness, then you're not content. And if you're not content, it's because of your content. If you're sitting here and you aren't happy right now, it's because of what's in you. You're a vessel. We're all vessels. But some of us need to pour out what's in us. Go to the well that never runs dry. Drink from that well. And God said he will fill you with living water. From out of your bosom will flow rivers of living water. Then you'll never be discontent. You won't be so thirsty. You're not happy because you aren't filled with the living water found in the well that will never run dry. And that person that you're looking for is Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you right now are sitting down and, <laughs> and this is before, I, I, I looked up the scripture and I just want to share something with you because there's so many people here that you're just not happy. I'm trying to convey that to you because everybody sits there and they're like, yeah, I'm not happy. Think about your life right now. Are you happy with where you're at? And if you're in a place right now where you feel like, man, I've done reached my ceiling and I'm not happy. I've done everything I could. You know what? Maybe it's because you're relying on other things instead of Christ. We talked about the woman uh, that, that came to the well. She came because she was thirsty. And Jesus said, no, you're not looking for that water. The water I want to give you is the water that you'll never thirst again. The ceiling that's above you now, that ceiling that's stopping you or keeping you from going anywhere, it's not around you. He's in you. And I started sitting there thinking, I said, man, maybe we're, we're, we're not satisfied with what the Lord has given us. And I looked in Isaiah chapter 58. And it says this, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in the drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters will not fail. If you're here today and you say, I'm that, I'm that vessel and I want to be filled. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, I want to be filled. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come up front real. I want to, I want to pray with you guys. We got a prayer team, come on up. Come on up, don't be, don't be, don't. Yep, and you know what? If there's somebody that's next to you, and this is a hard walk, walk with them. I want you to be the friend that tears the roof off. 
to bring them to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If there's anybody else in here that's saying, you know what? I've drank from a well of unpalatable water. I shouldn't have been drinking from this well. I want God to say, God, fill me again. Fill me again. If that's you, say, I'm just, I, just want, I just want to make a declaration right now. God, fill me again. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for everybody that's up here. You know their heart. You know the desire that they have, that they want more. Lord, let them know that you are the well that will never run dry. I thank you right now, Lord, that you are allowing your spirit to flow through them so that out of them will flow rivers of living water. Lord, I thank you right now for things of issues and, 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 and situations in their lives right now that they're not, they're just unhappy. Lord, we thank you that we come to you and you will satisfy us in our souls. So we thank you for that. We thank you for courage. We thank you for strength. We thank you for the path that you have placed us in. And I thank you for that. I thank you for healing. Thank you. I thank you for reconciliation of relationships, but most of all, I thank you for reconciliation through you. We come against any shame. No shame, no guilt. Right now in the name of Jesus, we lay it all down at your feet. Lord, you paid for the peace on the cross. So we thank you. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you for it. Jesus.